Thanks, Alicia. And thanks, Diane. It's, uh, just let me get set up here. back to them in a moment. Uh, it's great having a horn section, isn't it? How lovely was that? Thank you to our band for serving us this morning in that way. Lots of fun. And, uh, and thank you for all your, all your practice. Um, I put some of these eggs out here. Now, these ones here have already been uh, eaten. I won't explain who ate those, but I'll probably blame somebody else, but that won't be true. They were me. Uh, who, who woke up nice and early this morning and received some chocolate eggs early? Ian, early? No? Early? How early did, did you guys wake up this morning? Five. Five. Was that before the sun came up? It was. Before the sun came up. Anyone else get up before the sun came up this morning? Yes, one over here. Good. And Janice did as well. Excellent. Excellent. Julie did too. We got teenagers up. Te- teenagers. With a seven in it. With a seven in it? Before the crack of lunch. Excellent. Teenagers get up at the crack of lunch. Normally in my household anyway, but uh, that's what happens. Now, some of you did see the sunrise this morning, and the sunrise can be a beautiful thing, can't it? It can be a beautiful thing, especially on a day like today, especially on a, uh, an occasion like today, a weekend like today. We've wanted the sun for so long, and the sun brings us light and warmth. And we can love it, and some people do on Easter Sunday, love to get up and watch the sun rise because of its significance around the resurrection of Jesus. Some people really do enjoy that, that time of the day. Other people, like the teenagers, want to get up at the crack of lunch and that's about it. But here's the problem with the sunrise. The sunrise not only brings light and warmth into our world and a new hope for a new day, but it can also bring a fearful revelation of what has taken place. I remember one particular church house that I lived in many years ago, and some of you will know this story. I woke up to find that overnight the church and its hall had been set on fire. Now we knew this in the middle of the night, but we woke to see the damage that had been done and it was extensive. The church was out of action for a very long time because of the damage that had been done. That sunrise that appeared revealed all that had been done. In the very same house, not so long later, We woke up one morning to be revealed that our car had been stolen from out the very front of our house. The light revealed that we were not as secure as we thought we were. Sometimes the sunrise can reveal these wonderful things and other times it can reveal that we're not quite as secure as we thought we were. As I mentioned, as we saw in our kids' video just a minute ago, as the sun rose on that first Easter Sunday, the women and the disciples ran to the tomb. And as the light came up, it revealed, well, a little bit of fear and a lot of joy, all in the same package. Because the light revealed a risen Saviour, a resurrected Christ. And with it, the light revealed security and safety and joy. This morning, this Easter Sunday, we're going to have a look at what it means for Jesus to be risen from the dead and bring us security and safety and joy. And we're going to start by looking at Psalm 16, which was the first reading for us. Then we're going to have a look at some other passages as we go. Let me pray as uh, we get ourselves ready to hear from God's word together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. 
for speaking to us in your word clearly. And we thank you that you've spoken to us about the hope of Easter as you rose, as your son rose from the dead. And we ask this morning that you'd give us greater insight into this great reality, great truth, great miracle that's been done for us so that we might go from here ready to live in the light of the resurrection of Jesus and we ask it in his name. Amen. Well, like my experience, you don't have to go very far, do you, to realise that there are problems in our world with security. Any number of people now have CCTV cameras around their home or dash cams in their car. And even though we live in this postcode of 2508, my guess is that most of you locked your cars when you got to church today. Who didn't lock their car as they got to church today? Oh, okay, good. Uh, we are live streaming, people, just so you know. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, this is, this is uh, Helensburg, isn't it? We know we can do that, but still, we like our security. And this Easter Sunday, this Easter psalm, is actually a psalm of security. It was a poem, a psalm, a song, written some thousand years before the coming of Jesus by the great King David. And it speaks of the confidence that the great King David had in God. Look at verse 1 of Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. It's a simple verse. God, I take refuge in you. You are the one that protects me. I find my security in you. I find my refuge in you. We know what this is like, don't we? Is your grass at home still wet? Mine is. Still wet because we've had so much rain. And when you get so much rain and you're driving along in your car, you need to take refuge, don't you? You can't just keep driving through, or maybe you can, but you shouldn't keep driving through the rain. You've got to find one of those overpass bridges and park underneath. Or if you're walking down the street in the city somewhere and you need to get under an awning as quickly as you can, you need to find refuge. We understand what this feels like. And David says, in life, God, you are my refuge. In all of the circumstances and difficulties and hardships of life, you are the one under whom I take my awning, my refuge, my protection. Indeed, in verses 2 and 3, David goes on to say, I'm so confident, God, in you, my refuge, that he goes on to say, actually, you'd be mad to follow any other gods, any other fake or false gods, any other philosophies of any shape or kind. You'd be mad. In fact, David says, I'm not even going to mention them because they're not true and they're not real. You, God, are the true God in whom I take refuge. And because of this, David says, Because I'm in your presence, God, because I live with you, I'm always with you. My life is a place where goodness follows. Look at verse 7. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. God is his counsellor. Second half of verse 7. In the night also my heart instructs me. God is his instructor. And then down in verse 9. Therefore my whole heart is glad and my whole being rejoices My flesh also dwells secure. I'm secure. And he even says in verse 10, You will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your holy ones see corruption. I'm even secure in the face of death. And because of this, he says, the lines have fallen well for me. You know that saying we've got? The chips have fallen well for me this week. We've got that saying. 
It means life is going good. And David says, with God in my life as my presence, as my refuge, he is with me all the time. And so the chips have fallen well for me, he says. I'm confident. I'm secure. I know God. I experience God. I understand God. He is my God that I walk through life with. As it says in verse 5, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. It's a lovely picture, isn't it? A lovely picture of a man who knows the true God. And this Easter Sunday, we need to ask ourselves the question, do we know this true God? Do we know this God of the Bible, who is the wonderful counsellor, the brilliant instructor, the one who brings safety and security and comfort and steadfastness to our lives. The one whom David says, he will not abandon my soul to Sheol or will not let my ho- the Holy One see corruption. Do we know this God? Because the message of Easter is an invitation to know personally this God. But we'll come there in just a moment. Before we do, though, we need to ask ourselves this question. Psalm 16 and verse 10 in particular, David has confidence that in the face of death, God will be with him. Indeed, he says, you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your holy one see corruption. But here's the problem. King David died. He really did die. And so what is this psalm or this song saying? Is it simply misplaced confidence in David himself? Well, as I mentioned earlier, some of you have had some chocolate already. And uh, I've got some some chocolate up the front here. Some of these chocolates are better than others. Uh, James, can you come up and help me, please? Trinity, can you come up and also help me, please? Good job. Excellent. You guys rock. See, if you ask them beforehand, they say no. So you just make them come up. At the beginning. Come and stand here, you guys. Well done. Excellent. Now, this is not going to be difficult. You can have that one. You're older. Open it up. Take a bite out of it for me. Open it up. Take a bite out of it for me. This is pretty simple, I think. Now, how, do you, how would you rate this chocolate out of 10, James? About an eight. About an eight. Okay. Why would you only give it an eight? Pretty good, but what? There's two missing points there. What? You don't, you're not sure. You're not sure. Trin, what about yours? What would you give for yours? Nine. You give it a nine. Now, why would you give it a nine? Added extras. Now, look at this. Put your hand out. Look at this. She gets little smarties inside hers. <laughs> who's got an egg like? You can take that with you. Thank you very much. Who's got a? Who's got an egg like that this morning? Something with something on the inside, and only one of you. Gee, you're boring, aren't you? Oh, good, Samuel. Samuel, you got one on the inside? What did you get on the inside of your egg, Samuel? M&M's. M&M's, very good. Anyone else got something on the inside of an egg? Liam, what did you get on the inside of yours? Smarties as well. Very good, excellent. Kids, if you uh, want one of these, something on the inside. Calvin, you had some too. Air. Air, that's the problem, isn't it? James had air on the inside of his as well. Very good. I hope it's clean air. That's good. That's the way it works. These Easter eggs obviously are better when there's something on the inside. 
And uh, later on, kids, come and grab one of these from me, and uh, I'm happy to give you one of these chocolate eggs. But here's the thing. Most of the eggs are excellent, but they're just the shell and air inside. Thank you, Calvin. That's all there are. But the ones that have something deeper, something on the inside, are even better. They're a 9 out of 10, aren't they, as Trin said to us. And in Psalm 16, we've got an egg with Smarties on the inside. There's more going on in this psalm than just what we see on the shell, on the surface. You see, King David, he was made a series of promises by God in the book that we call 2 Samuel chapter 7. Look at what it says on the screen. You'll see this verse there. God said, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, David, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. David was promised that he would be the first king in a long line of kings, making a kingly family that would be royal forever. And though David did die, as that passage itself said that he would, the Holy One, the King, the one who stood uh, as, as God's ruler on the earth would never see corruption. You see, David did know, he was told by God, that he would die. But he has, promise, he has confidence in the promises of God that he will not abandon the kingly line to Sheol. And yet even further, the psalm goes further than that because David spoke these words in a prophetic way that even he probably did not understand at the time. In fact, the very first Christian sermon that Alicia read for us as our second Bible reading points this out for us today. Peter begins to speak the very first Christian sermon about Jesus. And he says, Jesus was killed at the hands of lawless men, but God raised him from the dead. And then, in the very first Christian sermon, Peter goes on to quote Psalm 16, the psalm we've been looking at at some length. Look at these verses in Acts chapter 2. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You, may, you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Peter says in this very first Christian sermon, actually, King David did die. So there's no way in the world he could possibly have been speaking about himself. Look at these verses, verses 29 to 32. Brothers, Peter said, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried. And his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set uh, one of his descendants on the throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Psalm 16 is speaking about the Holy One, Jesus Christ. The one who would be king forever because of the resurrection that he experienced on that Easter Sunday. 
Now, it goes without saying, doesn't it, that nobody can be a king if they're dead. They might still be called a king, but they've got zero authority. David died, and he's still dead. Jesus died, and he was raised from death. And Peter's point in this sermon is that because Jesus is risen from the dead, because he, he was not abandoned to Sheol, because he did not see corruption, he is now the Lord, the master, the ruler, the one who has ultimate authority not only over the world but rightly over our lives. The Lord has not abandoned his holy one to death, but he has raised him to new and eternal life. Now again, later on in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul this time speaks these words of Psalm 16 uh, in, uh, in Acts chapter 13. Look at what he says here. In a different sermon, he says, We bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has also fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as is also written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy ones see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep that he died and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that though this, uh, uh, through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. The great apostle Peter and the great apostle Paul both agree. Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, he brings for us who believe a series of benefits that nobody else can bring. Acts chapter 13 made it clear for us. He brings us, first of all, forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. Our world is full of sinners, isn't it? Full of sinners. It's easy to point out the easy sinners, the ones who do wrong in the newspapers, the ones who do wrong on the TV news. But the Bible describes us, all of us, as sinners. People who have turned our backs on God. People who have chosen to live life our own way. People who have decided that God's way is not for them. And we want to live life in our own autonomy. And yet the great news of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is that because he is risen from the dead, forgiveness of sin is not only available, but it is offered to you personally by the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know personally the forgiveness that Jesus alone can offer. The resurrection at Easter reminds us that forgiveness of sin does not come through us being a nice person or better than the other people down the street. It comes only in the death and resurrection of Jesus, in the miracle of the resurrection. 
Easter brings forgiveness of sin. But secondly, the benefits of Easter go even deeper than that. The benefits of Easter turn condemnation into friendship and love. See, the result of our sin, our turning our back on God, is that we're out of relationship with him. I hope your Easter time is an encouraging one and a helpful one. But I do know that around these two big uh, times of the year, Christmas and Easter, it can be very hard for people because a lot of people are out of relationship with others. Their family, their friends, they don't speak to them. They don't get on. They don't want to spend time with them. And even though there's a rich history and perhaps you even share blood, you're out of relationship with those people. And the Bible says we are out of relationship with God. And yet, the death and resurrection of Jesus not only brings about a forgiveness of sin, but also restores us into a relationship with God. No longer are we on not speaking terms with God. Now we can speak with him. We can pray to him. He will hear us. He will listen to us. He will grant our requests. And the resurrection is proof positive that God is ready and willing to restore his relationship with you. All we must do is come to Jesus and trust him. This may not make life better and fix all of our relationships in this world, but it will fix the most important relationship, our relationship with God. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ not only brings forgiveness of sin, but restoration of relationship thirdly we find in these passages of the new testament in particular that easter brings us a great gift the gift we receive is not chocolate as good as that is to celebrate with but the gift of god's promised holy spirit Not only does God forgive us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and bring us into right relationship with him through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but he gives to us his presence. He is with us personally and throughout our lives as he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember Psalm 16? Psalm 16 told us that David was overjoyed because of the presence of God with him. He knew the presence of God as his refuge, his strength. And so strong was his experience of this with God that he says, I'm not even going to bother talking about the other gods and the other philosophies. They're not real, they're not true, and there's only one true God. This presence can be yours in the resurrection of Jesus Christ also. So that God might be your refuge throughout your life as well. Well, fourthly, and perhaps... Perhaps this is the best of them all. This passage of Psalm 16 reminds us that because of what Jesus has done, as a result of what Jesus has done, we can now say with confidence, you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You see, because we've been forgiven... Because we've been brought into a right relationship with God, 
Because we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can be described as the holy people of God. And what does God say he does with his holy ones? He will not let them see corruption. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, for all who trust in Jesus, for all who know him personally, for all who trust in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is not only new life now, but forever. You will receive a new body. You too will be resurrected from the dead as our our Lord Jesus was. The promise of chapter 16 verse 10 can be yours. That though death is a reality in all of our lives, it is not something we need to fear if we trust Jesus because God will not allow any of his holy ones, the people who belong to Jesus, to see corruption. Your eternal life is secure. And so the Easter message is this. Jesus has been raised from the dead. And because he has been raised, because he has not seen corruption, you can have forgiveness of sin, restoration of your relationship with God, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you as a holy one may not see the corruption of death, but have eternal life. And so as verse 11 of Psalm 16 says, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And as verse 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Security can be yours. In this life and in the next. Joy can be yours. In this life and in the next. Safety can be yours in this life and the next because of what Jesus has done in being raised from the dead. And so today is the day to come to Jesus. Have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus? Today is the day for this. The day of the resurrection. If you're not sure what that means or how to do that, please come and talk to me. There is no better day to put your trust in the risen Lord Jesus than Easter Sunday. And if you do, if you have already put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, know this, the benefits that he offers to you bring you fullness of joy, a heart that is glad, a refuge that will last forever, forgiveness of sin, restoration of relationship with God, the gift of the Holy Spirit and new and eternal life that's why we can sing with such great joy and gusto this morning isn't it because jesus is alive let me pray heavenly father we thank you for your word to us in psalm 16 in those early sermons in the book of acts from the christian church pointing out to us that by your grace you did not allow jesus to see corruption but raised him from the dead and we thank you that in him you promised the same thing to us that you will not allow us to see corruption if we put our trust in him, that death does not have to be something we fear because you have granted us forgiveness of sin and restoration of relationship with you and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And So we thank you that therefore you can be our refuge in life, our security, our strength, our joy, our safety. And we ask please this Easter Sunday 
that you would help us perhaps for the first time to put our trust in the Lord Jesus, that we might gain all of these benefits of his resurrection. And that if we have already done this, you would help us to revel together in the great benefits that his resurrection brings to us. We thank you for the great joy of the resurrection. We ask that our lives might be focused and centred, built on this foundation of Jesus' death and resurrection for us. And we ask it in his powerful name. Amen.